in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. time with my I don't understand, I don't know why It's so unbelievable, I don't wanna cry I know that you got me, I'm trying to be strong Trying to figure out if it's something I did wrong If it is, please forgive me, I'm so sorry Cause I know you can catch me when I'm falling all I know is, is when I don't know, is that I can't trust in you, Lord, that I can't trust in you, Lord. All I know is, is when I don't know, is that I can't trust in you, Lord, that I can't trust in you. Oh, no. 
Yo, yo, welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I got Cam with me on the show. Say what up to the people, Cam. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Listen, listen, I'm excited. I'm super excited. Listen, I have a great show today for you guys. That was the featured song for this episode by Cam and Jay Lee, his producer, uh, titled You Know Better. It's from their latest EP. They just did a 24-hour EP where basically they created the whole joint in 24 hours. So it's titled 24-hour EP, right, Cam? Yeah, and so man, make sure you guys grab that man. It's a it's an amazing, amazing project, and it's very creative and it's God glorifying. And so, listen, I'm 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 super excited to have you on, man. Like we just we go di- we go dive in. We got a lot to talk about, man. We got we got a lot to talk about. But before we before we hop into all of that good stuff, I wanna just share with the people what was the inspiration behind the 24 hour EP. How did that come about? And y'all put it on Facebook Live. Yeah, we went live, man. And that was fun, too, man, because we had a lot of people helping us <laughs> put that thing together. Like, yeah. I had people giving me lyrics. And, <laughs> yeah, it was dope you know, watching. It was creative. Yeah. And actually, here's the crazy part. My guy, Dre Murray, he uh, screenshotted a song while we was, while Jay Lee was starting the, the, the beat, while he was making the beat. Before Jay Lee finished the beat, Dre Mary had already finished his verse and emailed me and sent me a text and said, I just sent you my verse. And I said, Sent you sent you sent me your verse to what? And he was like, The song y'all record. I was like, How did you do that, bro? Man. That's <laughs> crazy. Hey, hey, and the, and the hey, the crazy part about it, I was watching during that part, like when he came on. Oh, wow. I was what like yeah. now, mind you guys, they was recording. They was this whole process was like twenty four hours. So like while we were sleep, they was Facebook live in it. When we was awake, they was Facebook live in it. And I I remember that moment when he came on, like yo, I'm about to jump on this joint. And so that was hilarious. That was <laughs> that was hilarious, man. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that's how it came about, man. And and I, I really love the project. I'm a perfectionist, so that, that was really hard for me to do. 
you know, I just, yeah. just knock out something, you know, because I'm not a fast songwriter. Like, I don't, I don't have a, a book of songs. So when, whenever you get a project project for me, that's pretty much the last song that I wrote. Is what you heard. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. You know what? I, and I, you know what was crazy? I admire, I admire, I, and I always tell you this, but I admire how you how you do that because that's not how I create music. Like I don't, I, I don't know how I would respond if I was trying to create a project while everybody was watching and. Like, yeah. like I have to get by myself and get in the zone, and then I come out and unveil, unveil what I created to the world. So that's that's always interesting when when my friend, because I have a lot of obviously a lot of creative artist friends, and a lot yeah. of them are like that. Um, they they yeah. they want to get in the studio and just vibe and 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 stuff, and so that's always yeah. interesting to me. But that's dope, man. <laughs> so. That was a uh, vulnerable moment for both of us. We, me and Josh, were concerned about that, mm. like um, just about what if it don't turn out good. You know, <laughs> right? Whatever we come up with is whack. You know, like and so <clears throat> it, it it wasn't as easy as it may have felt. You know what I'm saying? Like it it was it was pressure, but. We we brought the pressure on ourselves, so it's not it's not like somebody forced us to do it. But right. it was, man, it was one of the funnest times I had in my life, man. Yeah, I could tell, and I think like the chemistry that you guys had is it showed that y'all was having fun, and I think the element of people coming in to you guys inviting social media and the world into the creative process kind of added an energy to it, and I think it was. I think yeah. it was dope. So, so is that just was that just a um? So, would you say this EP is just like an appetizer to what's to come, or with well, that? Well, not not connected in the way of of what uh, as far as sound and as far as our as our relationship as producer artist, yes, but okay. not as far as the the music, you know, as far as like the content, no. But yeah, it is an appetizer of what of what we've been creating because he's produced most most of the songs for the soundtrack to the book. Okay. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it is it is an appetizer for that. Yeah, that's that's pretty dope. And so so you got the book coming um, out a a full length album coming that will will go with the book. Correct. Yeah. So it's a, it's a novel that I wrote called Bubba's Way, and I'm doing a soundtrack to the novel. Okay. Will come out at the same time. Yeah. That's super dope. Now listen, I want everybody that's listening to 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 hear this because the a lot of times, like I don't just and you guys notice this if you've been following the Path of Revelation podcast, like I don't just have random guests on my show or people just. Uh, if somebody's trending, hey, I'm trying to get them on my show. Like everybody that I have on my, because you, you bougie. That and, and no, <laughs> be quiet, man. <laughs> be quiet, nah, nah. Look, listen. Like I, I had, and I, I think I said this last show. Like I, me personally, it's just a personal conviction as it relates to what I'm doing with the Path of Revelation podcast. I don't have anybody on the on the podcast that I don't have a person personal relationship with or someone who I fellowship with kick it with um, because all of my friends we're, we're on like the same tip 
We're, we're striving yeah. to, to glorify God in everything that we do. And one of the things that um, you and I have talked about in the past, Cam, is creating godly content, just saturating, yeah. saturating the market with godly content. And so when I hear that you're not just coming out with a with a, a, a music, but a book. And you've shared the ideas and stuff, what the book is going to be about in terms of how it's going to point people to Christ and and things that like I get excited about that because that's what the culture needs. Um, and, and this is an announcement. This is the first time I'm announcing this on the uh, for everybody following Path of Revelation. Um, I'm going to be releasing next year. Um, it's in the works. Thank God to my my lovely wife. It was an idea that God gave her. And it immediately when she shared it with me, it just like, yes, I'm going to be coming out with a path of revelation Bible plan next year. And so I'm going to be releasing a Bible plan um, that's geared around different topics. Um, a lot of topics that have been discussed on sh- on on previous episodes um like for example i want to do a bible plan for the episode where i dealt with christian i'm a christian but i'm struggling with sin like these type of like because here's what we're we're, and this can kind of segue into us just chopping it getting it in cam there is a need for sound doctrine um what, what i'm learning is a lot of Christians, okay, there's Christians aren't reading the Bible like they should. Like the world is influencing many of us as Christians. We're we're more influenced by the world than we are the word. And the word and the little word that we do know, um, it usually falls short of us understanding true biblical context. And so um with the Bible plan and even with the the podcast my goal is not just to encourage christians to read the bible but how to properly read the bible like that's 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 important that's extremely important and so when when you talk about the book man what 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 can people expect with the book and even the album that's coming up to exactly what you're talking about. Uh, the book, in essence, the underlining uh, uh, idea of the book is who is God, but it's in the form of a narrative. So okay. each chapter, each chapter is an attribute of God, uh, but it's not a devotional in a sense where it's just God is sovereign or God is holy. Um, I'm allowing the characters to. Um, explain that in the book, but the book itself is about two cousins. Okay. Um, one of them 15, one of them 16. And uh, they they both come from a middle-class neighborhood. Uh, they're two good kids, not in, the tr- not in any trouble or nothing like that. But one of them gets saved and the other one doesn't. And so um, it, instead of bringing that relationship closer, uh, it kind of drives a wedge into the uh, into the relationship, and so uh, Bubba is the one who's not a believer, and he's going through life's experiences in view 
of people around him getting saved, and it affects the way he views his reality versus the truth. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, so that that's pretty much the basis of the book. But once once people will read it, it's uh, the the underlining um, uh, idea of the book is is who is God. So each chapter will kind of you know explain that in a way. That's gonna that's gonna that's gonna be dope because you know it sounds like okay, the, the book is gonna be dealing with um, someone who is a new convert in a sense, right? And and well, well, well no, no, no. He he's not he's not saved. So Bubba is uh, telling well, the narrative from an unbeliever's perspective. But his cousin is saved. Is what I'm saying. Yes. His cut. Co- yes. His cousin is a new convert, right? Or right, right. Okay, right. okay. So, so his cousin is a new convert, and he's writing from the perspective of a non-believer uh, responding to his cousin's newfound faith, and and the fire, right. like he's on fire for God, like just excited. Right. And and you know what? <clears throat> like this type of stuff makes me think about uh, the the whole Kanye situation and. You know, um, because, you know, there's people that's like, you know, Kanye is he's a new convert, like leave him alone. Let him do what he's doing. Like he's I've seen people say he's reaching more people for God than the church ever has. And 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 and, and those type of statements really bother me, not not because I don't want to see a Kanye saved. Like I want to see Kanye save. I want to see Kim save. I want to see the bum on the corner save. I want to see the person at the grocery stores. Like I want to see everyone come into the knowledge of the truth. But that, that those type of statements kind of bother me. What do you think of when you, when you hear people say stuff like that, what's one of the first things you think of? Man, I, I, I just think like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think we we give too we too ex, I don't want to say too excited, but I think some of our motives are for people to be saved so that um I, I'm trying to figure out how I'm trying to explain it. It's just because we it's like we want that. why is it okay? Let me rephrase the question that it'll probably because right. ha- I know what you're trying to say. Um, but this yeah. question will probably help you even articulate your response. Um, yeah. Why is it we value celebrities' s- s- salvation more than others, or supposed salvation than other people? Exactly. So, so yeah. So my cousin's not saved, and we, when they get saved, we're not as excited about that. You know, we don't even tell them about the gospel. But but when a celebrity is is you know, proclaim salvation, and we just like that's the one we needed. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's, I guess it's, what I'm trying to say is the the value of people should be even across the board. Like, yeah, you know, I think we you know our culture is so idolatrous when it comes to celebrity. We right. Yeah, we look at these people as gods, and so their salvation almost seems more important. Man, that's. That's the flaw that I see in in the celebrity. I'm, I'm praise God if Kanye um, is saved. Like I, I love 
that because God can save anybody. Right. But let's let's just keep that same fire for, for anybody our else. Cousins. Right. Yeah. You, you know what? It's yeah. it's on one hand, one hand, I think there are people who get excited about um, when celebrities begin to profess Christ because the first thought is, hey, this person has a huge following. They have more influence. They have a bigger reach. So a bigger reach means more of more of a bigger reach for Christ. Um, yeah. and, and I can I can see that that rule of thumb but 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 there's another side of me that's like well people if people people aren't gonna come to christ if people are coming to christ because of a person's celebrity they're not coming to christ they're coming to the celebrity um if if that if that makes sense like like christ like it's we celebrate celebrities because we think that celebrities are gonna help make God look cool or help God become more acceptable when in reality we're called to deny ourselves and follow Christ like like and I say it in one of my songs I haven't released yet but it's like man we act like Christ needs celebrity endorsements um and and I think I think that's dangerous um can, can God use someone's influence absolutely does God need someone's influence? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because here's the thing. His glory is being revealed to us with with or without celebrities. When you wake up in the morning and you see snow and the sun shining and the clouds and the and you're breathing breath in your lungs in him, we live, move and have our being. God doesn't need celebrities to flex. Like, just look at a mother giving birth, (laughs) a baby growing in the womb. Like, God's glory is all around us. And if we feel like we need a celebrity to make God look cool, man, we're missing. We're missing it. And so um, I'm reminded of this. Like, if we look at, like, the story of the rich young ruler, for example, like he was rich and he was a ruler. (laughs) He had money. And influence when Jesus, when he came to Jesus, Jesus didn't say, Hey, follow me and let's use all of your wealth and influence to build my kingdom. He said, No, sell all that you have, give it like strip yourself and follow me. Like, I don't need your like, I'm and so I think that we have. I think what what I see in the church and and I've been saying this even before the Kanye situation. I just think the Kanye situation is is being broadcast on a mainstream level. But I've always thought that in our churches we have a problem or or a chosen one complex. And what I mean by that is yo Cam, you're the chosen one to lead and and and, and in a sense be a savior. Um, you're, you're meant to be like our Moses or our David. And, and, and really, when we look at the Bible, it highlights men of God who are mighty and used by God. And we should yeah. we should honor them as pillars. But I think there's I think we cross the lines between honoring people and idolizing them. Like I, sometimes I think yeah. it's a it's a thin line between the two. 
Like, am I tripping, or is that something that you noticed? Like, what, what do you? Nah, I mean, it's it's American culture, bro. Like, we success is is God in a way, mm. uh, and uh, to us, and so wherever success is, we we cling to it. Like, like it is the most important thing that has ever happened. And so when when that success is, is any kind of form, um, we basically we're drawn to that, you know. Mm. And uh, and so yeah, I, I definitely think it's a problem. Um, I mean, even with when Kanye um, went to uh, to Jamal Bryant's church, and they brought all those celebrities in, and what's the first thing they did? So, Put them on the front row. Put them on the front row. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and then and then and then the Hillard preacher came and started having people yeah. come and give a thousand dollar seeds and you know and and yeah. Ti yeah. and Killer Mike talked about it like see that's the type of stuff I'm talking about like yeah and so that brings me to <laughs> another point it's about to get it's about to get a little hot in here is it okay. <laughs> so. Did you hear James White's recent? Well, I wouldn't say recent comments because this was uh, footage from a while back that just recently resurfaced. But basically, in James White basically said that the theology in the black church is is lacking. It's is bad. So do you? Let me ask you this question. Let me rephrase the question. Is the black church less theologically sound than other churches? Here's my my answer to to this question. (laughs) There are a lot, there are a lot of theologically unsound churches. Regardless of color? Regardless of color. Okay. And, And also, also, and So, so, so I I don't want to brush past that because I know this may be the first time a lot of listeners are actually hearing this. Like when you say black people weren't allowed in seminaries, are you referring to like the uh, during the civil rights time or um, in the early 50s, 40s, like, like, yeah, early 50s, early 40s. Like we know, I mean, that's a cool fact that that certain people based on color weren't allowed in certain schools. Right. So, so, then, so then for somebody
somebody to make a statement like that. And, and the statement has context also. Um, so if you watch the whole interview, this was in 2016, he was, he was debating a, a, a black Hebrew Israelite who was challenging him on, um, uh, challenging him on going and educating the black church. So, um, so that's, that's kind of where the statement comes in. But I, I think the statement is, is pointless if you don't give context to why also. Right. So and and we uh, we have to factor in too that there's bad theology in in the American church across the board. Um, period, bro. Period. Period. Um, I don't, I, to be honest, Dave, I don't even I don't look at churches as white and black churches. Like, amen. Look at the foundation of, of how I really see. I understand what he's saying. Right. I understand what what America says about the black church, the white church, the Latino church. Yeah, there are demographics that that are uh, contain more of a certain But even that statement itself is problematic. Like, right. It's problematic, man. I agree. So, I agree. You know what I think though? When I hear this, this when I when I hear black church, white church. Hispanic church yeah. it's problematic to me as well but I don't have any problem a- addressing black church white church within the context right. of us dealing with racial bias or prejudice um, right. to bring it back to the gospel that hey there's neither Greek nor Jew black white red yellow slave nor free we're all one in Christ that's the reality in Christ but we have to deal with the effects of sin to bring us to that oneness in Christ. And here's the reality. There has been discrimination um, towards different people groups based off of skin. And African-Americans only make up 12 percent of the population in this country. And so when you deal with undereducated redlining and all of those things, educational setbacks and things of that nature, yeah. I do think yeah. that plays the destruction of the family. The, the destruction dest- of the family. Right. Yeah. But you know what I noticed though? Um in all yeah. of this, Cam, is sin is sin. And so yeah. I've seen prominent white churches. Or, or churches led by white men and women um, who have the financial backing, they have all the lights, they have the, 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 the big projectors and the bands and the cool look, and their theology is terrible. Um, and, and so what, what I'm seeing in this is it's, it, part of it is a lack, uh, lack of proper education but I also think it's a heart thing, too, because you have churches who are financially stable and flourishing, but their theology is bad. And so when I when I hear scriptures like, hey, we perish because of a lack of knowledge, um, that lack of knowledge isn't necessarily a lack of any knowledge, but it's a lack of the right knowledge. Um, right. Us applying wisdom and and truth. And and, and so I see it really being a heart issue um regardless of your financial background or what community you can, grew up in 
like mm-hmm. rich or poor it's a it's a sin issue a lot of times what I recognize you know what I'm saying yeah. when it comes to a lot of these things yeah and, and, and there, there are a lot of great black churches too like, right I, I want to highlight that like I, I would say it's probably the same um um as far as the, the the number of churches that are considered white churches and the number of churches that are considered black churches, mm-hmm. as many as that I went to, both sides has been just as off, and both sides has been have been few in town theology. Mm. See what I'm saying? Right. Based off of off of the actual, if we only make up twelve percent, and and most of ours. I'm not saying most of ours are, are horrible, but I'm saying a lot of ours are horrible. And then there's, if, if the other, I don't know what, what white America would represent as far as numbers uh, in, the, in the population, but it's just the same on that side too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I've been to a lot of churches, bro, like traveling and, and you know, doing events and stuff like that. And I've been to a lot of bad churches on both sides. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I'm I'm sure you have more because you've done a lot more traveling than I have, even though I have done traveling. But I just in the little experience just growing up in church my whole life and having the opportunity to go to different diverse churches. And and, and I, I agree, yeah. man. Um, I think what we're seeing is a heart issue. It's a cultural um, uh, American culture issue. Our our society is idolatrous um, and, yeah. and self centered, um, and I think church or the church as a whole has begun to um, bow to culture, um, and our churches right. have become more seeker friendly um, mm-hmm. than actually sticking to what the Bible says. Um, if if the church, if a lot of our churches do preach repentance, we're preaching it, um, not aggressive repentance, not or or not repentance at at all. Uh, there's a sense of hey, everyone can go to heaven. Like you know, there's um a new covenant, what they call new covenant theology, which is basically a term for hyper grace. Um. Um, where it says that everyone is saved, but they just don't know yeah. it. Like, so a Muslim is saved. A Buddha, you said yeah. you deal with this this weekend. Like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. I went to a, a, a men's conference where they were trying to strengthen men, and um, it wasn't actually at a church. It was just an individual who was putting something together just okay. to try to strengthen men in the community, and basically. The pastor was on stage, uh, and they was teaching, basically teaching us to be men. But the the idea was um, that everybody is saved, but they just don't know it. Wow! Uh, and and you know, another thing, this pastor was, was cussing uh, in the pulpit. Wow! And, um, I I had to leave early. But this idea that that we can we put together a good cause, but then we stray away from from the word in order to 
you know, get this cause going in our way, it's dangerous, bro. Because foundationally, you never really deal with the cause. Like, because you, you're only, you're, you're starting from a false foundational point that this cause will be better if we become men. But if we become men without the word of God, then what kind of men are we? Right. You know, you, you know what I'm noticing, bro? with a lot of this stuff because I was just talking with someone recently uh, did a business consultation you know with, with someone from um, to do some marketing and web design for, for someone and we got on church and she was like yeah I, my church we don't believe in hell and you know we, we're more um a psychological church is what she said. We don't we don't get into hell and stuff all all of that foolishness. She's like I'm a Christian but we don't get into all of that foolishness and you know, if I was in a rush like I literally had to run out the door, I would have loved to have stayed and had that conversation. But it was scary that we you how can you claim? How can we claim to be Christ followers? And not follow what Christ said. That it's impossible. it's impossible. And so what I'm seeing, we're in a society that violates the first two commandments. And that is we we create a God, we create gods after our own image. And so we'll even try we're we're so prideful and idolatrous that we'll even try to create a Christ that looks like us and that's yeah. not consistent with the bible yet still consider ourselves to be christians there you can't you're not a christian i'm not a christian if i'm not following christ like there's no such thing as a tailor-made faith it's either you believe or you don't believe and i'm reminded like we always read like john three sixteen, right um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, but we, we ignore this part, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, shall not perish. Who, so what does that mean for those who do not believe on him? Well, ver verse 17 lets us know. Hold on, I just lost my spot. Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, here's the part that we, we ignore. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil here here um for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed see, see what's happening is people like the pastor like the person that i did the consultation with they create we create as a society we create a god or even a christ that is okay with our sin because we understand submitting to the true Christ means our evil deeds being exposed. 
and we would have to repent and actually die to ourselves and that's that's what we see happening man like a society that is creating a Jesus that is comfortable with their sin and their flaws and I believe this is why when we see Jesus in like Matthew 7 talking about the false converts that were like Lord we cast out demons in your name we did miracles in your name and and Jesus will respond to them and says and say depart from me you worker of iniquity I never knew you and so we can't be we can't create God (laughs) you know like that's but that's what we see happening man like man that that's why in in our culture it's like two different Christians it's not really but that's kind of how they see it right see the people like uh, who 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 are not striving to be holy not not that our works are going to be the same but that's when you have a new heart you have a new desire to live for God so you got those type of Christians that have a desire to live for God and then you have the other ones that they tell you just use grace well God is gracious you know you ain't gotta be doing this all the time you ain't gotta be doing like you can you can you can bank on that grace you have <laughs> so man let's go to the club let's do this let's do that you know and that's it's a false convert it's not Christianity at all right uh, but they but because they've said a prayer and uh walked down the aisle and they feel like they are you know believers right you know? and so it's, it's a sad reality you, you, you know what even as you're talking it's like a christianity that only looks to justification and not sanctification isn't a christianity at all um and for and for you guys that are listening that may not understand what i'm just saying let me break it down in simple terms justification is the process of god saving us and making us innocent before a holy god So in other words, justifying us is him, is Christ's righteousness being accounted as our righteousness. So Christ making us righteous, making us sinless because we put on Christ and we take off our old man. We're we're innocent in God's court. We are free. Now, sanctification is the process of walking out that reality. So in other words... Because Jesus died to save me, because he loved me and he's given me a new heart, like you said, Cam, I don't want to grieve him because I love him. I don't. And so if he hates fornication, if he hates pornography, if he hates getting um, me using drugs and getting high or getting drunk, I'm I'm running from those things and I'm striving to allow Christ to be formed in me so I don't live those things out in my in my in my life because I love yeah. God. And so sanctification is the process of becoming more like Jesus basically 
in simple terms. But we're we're in a society where a lot of preachers and I've noticed this, even the preachers who talk about repentance, there's like there are those who you have those who are have more of a universalist approach where everybody saved. And we dealt with that. But we do. We have the preachers who are what I consider like the rock stars. They're, they're super cool. They dress fresh. They they use the latest slang. They quote secular rap lyrics in their sermons they may even play secular beats as an intro to their sermon it's like a show and 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 they they'll even talk about repentance but how they're moving on social media and and certain things that they say they'll literally contradict themselves and and so it's like and i've said this before it's it's almost like truth has become like rap battles like where where we get hype over punchlines that we have no intention of actually living out. Like, oh, man, he said the truth. Oh, he said what other people aren't willing to say. But but the very next day, these same people are shouting out some of the most godless, demonic stars because their goal isn't really to stand for truth. Their goal is fame. They want to be famous. They want to be accepted by the world. And I and I and I I'll just put it out there. I think one of the examples we've seen this with is like a, a Lecrae. Um I see this with a lot of different preachers though nowadays, where people say like people say the right thing and then they'll turn around and say the wrong thing and contradict what they said. Like they'll say the right thing Monday. And then completely contradict themselves on Wednesday. Like it's, and there's no accountability. Um, um, and that's why I think it's dangerous to follow celebrities. I think there's a problem when we as Christians are pursuing fame. Like I, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where someone who was used mightily by God was actually pursuing fame. Like they were pursuing for people to know how great they were and like we don't see that but that's kind of like the tone of our a lot of our theology in America yeah serve God with all of your heart but serve God with the intent of being made famous and making your name great i think that's problematic man <laughs> i think that's you know and so you know, I think we have to we have to learn how to die to ourselves. And um, and that's something that I want to get more into in the next episode. But I wanted to to get your perspective on a lot of these things, Cam, because I think that the people and, and I'm saying this to everyone that's listening now, you have to watch who you follow like. Like never, and I'm saying this now, like just for everybody, don't put me on a pedestal. <laughs> like my my show is growing and God is opening up doors and stuff, but never put me on a pedestal. Like I'm not him. I'm not Christ. I need him just like you. And anytime I get an opportunity to be transparent with you guys without sharing too many details I try to do that because I don't want y'all to put me on a pedestal like I want to make sure I'm pointing people to Jesus 
the Jesus that I need every day. Man, he's so stupid. And 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 like and likewise, man. Uh, but <laughs> but look, man, I'm 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 excited about what God is doing, man. I appreciate you coming on, man. Like we gonna have to we got we gonna have to do this some more. Um, I want you guys to look out for what Cam is about to put out. Make sure y'all check out the the 24-hour EP by Cam and Jay Lee, the producer. Like I said, it's an awesome project. Like, it's available on all digital outlets right now. Make sure you guys download my my new singles that I just dropped, Mocking Word featuring Esther Smith, as well as Denial. Just look up Gabriel Parker. Um, Make sure you share it with somebody. Share our music with somebody, man. It, we really want to encourage people to follow Christ and, and be strong in their faith. Um, make sure if y'all have any prayer requests or any future suggestions for future shows, y'all can go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture.